Thank you, worship team. Thank you. So, hi again. <laughs> this summer, we have been going through a summer series called Defiant Faith, Fixing Our Eyes on Jesus. And we've been going through this series because we believe that through the life and words and ministry and stories of Jesus, that we can find that, that faith within us that can defy our circumstances, that can anchor us and orient us in the midst of trouble so that we can say like the psalmist, I have no fear of bad news because God, my heart is secure in God. And it's through looking at Jesus and, and absorbing the truth of who he is and his character and heart that we can find that rooting. So this, uh, the past couple of months or past two months, I would say, we've had uh, people from our community preach from the gospels and helping us reflect on the, on the life of Jesus and the character of Jesus. So we have a couple more weeks of this sermon series. It's just been such a delight. I, I personally have been so challenged to grow in my knowledge and experience of Jesus, but also to, to practice surrendering and trusting Jesus more. And so before we finish out the sermon series in a couple of weeks, we wanted to take a, a Sunday to actually hear from people in our community about how these truths of Jesus are working out, are being worked out in real time. The, uh, what it, does it actually look like to trust Jesus in our circumstances, in the trials that we face? Because we can have all the knowledge in the world about what Jesus did and who he is and all of that stuff. But if that knowledge doesn't grip our hearts and transform us and actually get lived out in real time, it doesn't do much good for us, does it? Right? Because our faith is an embodied faith. It's a practice and experience and a faith that is activated by the highs and lows of our life and that Jesus is walking with us in them. And it's through those times that we get new visions of who Jesus is and that goes deeper and transforms us even more. So today we've asked four folks, Michael, oh, they're right behind me, Michael and James and Sue and Grace uh, to share about some of the challenges they've been facing uh, and some of the the temptations or behaviors that maybe have tempted them to not trust Jesus, and most importantly, how Jesus has met them in their struggle and invited them into deeper surrender and deeper trust in him. And we, again, we are, we are called to surrender and lay down our lives for Jesus, not just for ourselves, but for the good of the world, right? Our surrender to God is not so that we are better, <laughs> but so that we can participate in and invite at the world into the holistic love and justice and truth of the gospel. So that's what we do this for. And so um, I'm excited to just be able to welcome uh, Michael Emerson to lead us and to share first. And we're going to go through the line and, um, and then I'll close us. But let, let me just go ahead and pray for our, for our speakers today. God, I ask that you, uh, you would fill this space with your spirit. Give us all ears to hear how you work in different, in different uh, stages of life, in different situations, in different people. I thank you that you are a God that doesn't um, just work in one singular way and we have to get in order. But God, you work in our embodied lives, in every aspect of who we are, in view of our passions and our families and our backgrounds, you are always working. So I ask, Lord, that as we hear 
have we hear each other's stories, that you would activate in us an imagination for how you might be working in our stories. So, Lord, we offer this time up to you in your name. Amen. Hello, I'm Michael Emerson, and I've been attending Newcom for six years. I was asked to talk some about storms. So a year and a half ago, uh, I got done talking to my brother on uh, Facebook or whatever it was. And then about an hour later, I got a call that he had had a massive heart attack uh, and his lungs had collapsed. And uh, he came within a hair's breadth of dying. He spent many a weeks in the hospital. Uh, he's one of four people ever to survive whatever he went through, and he's on the Hall of Fame. So. I, at that hospital, so I'm grateful. At that very same time, I was switching jobs and became the department head of sociology at UIC. At that same time, I was, uh, became a member of the leadership team here in, at Newcom. And then, as you know, we all uh, got introduced to COVID and we went into lockdown. And in my brand new role where I'm trying to get to know uh, my colleagues, I suddenly have to lead them from afar and one of the things is that we all have to pivot to teaching online, though most of us had never done that ever in our lives. And as I'm doing that, I get COVID and I get very ill and I'm in isolation for several weeks. Uh, get through that, but you know, still I have long hauler symptoms. Once I get better, um, we had a major issue in our grad program along racial lines. And then this was followed immediately by what happened last summer, massive protests, uh, racial unrest, Asians attacked, African-Americans attacked, just crazy stuff going on, political turmoil. Because of, partly because of my job, that meant I did about 70 like podcasts and interviews, all from sitting in my room. Uh, so that was a busy time, of course. It hit our family very uh, interestingly and sadly in that we found out we are kind of divided in terms of should we wear masks or should we not? This is our extended family now. How do we look at racial issues? I'll give you an example. Uh, our nephew got married one year ago up in Minnesota, but when they announced at that time uh, masks optional, we made a decision not to go, which the f many in their family took very personally. It got worse when six months later, Earlier this year, his, his wife was tragically killed in a car accident. The funeral was going to be, of course, a big deal when someone age 24 loses her life. All our family went up to Minnesota, but again, though it was going to be the entire town there, they announced that there would be no masks. You could wear a mask if you want, but most people would not be. Because of some variations in our family and commitments they had at work, we had to make the decision not to go and watched it uh, on closed caption. Deeply hurting some of my wife Joni's family once again. We especially had to make that decision because some people in that church had COVID. Two of them were my wife's parents. My wife's mother had made the decision, I will not get vaccinated. And that um, really cost her. Um, she not only got very ill, but then she had to go to the hospital. And then that hospital couldn't take care of her anymore, and they had to transfer her to a bigger hospital. And we got a call to say prepare for her death. She was on the ventilator, and they couldn't do anything more. Somehow, miraculously, she did survive. She spent the last several months uh, in um, getting care. 
finally being able to go back to her home a little over a month ago, unable to walk still, and other issues she'll probably deal with the rest of her life. While all that's happening here at church, we're dealing with intense, emotionally exhausting set of church issues behind the scenes. It meant six ni- for six months, three nights a week, for multiple hours per meeting, we were on Zoom having discussions, trying to determine what to do, ultimately to have to make a gut-wrenching, no-win decision. And in the very process of that, my former pastor in Houston, my very close friend and also the father of my daughter-in-law, while he was getting ready to go preach at church just a, a couple of months ago, he had a brain aneurysm, collapsed, and died. So we had to go to Houston to try to help the family deal with that. We were there for several weeks. Got back, and then just two weeks ago, um, one of our graduate students, we had done so much work to try to help her through some mental health struggles, took her own life. A week ago, I was at her funeral, and I had to watch the suffering of her family and her friends. Now, storms are something we all go through, so I don't stand here to say, uh, I, just say, I, I stand here to say I represent probably what many of you go through. God tempts, I am tempted on two fronts when these kind of things happen. One I will call the God doesn't care despair, which I think is common for us. Why do these things keep happening? Is God really there? But the one I deal with even more, I would call the no break, no shake. So for whatever reason, I believe if I'm going to be a true Christian, I will show my faith by being unbreakable and unshakable. Bring it on. Sort of like if you read Job, right? Job has got the most worst experience of all time, I would think, and he stays steadfast, and that's my calling. But in doing that, I realized, and this is something God taught me, I'm still putting the onus on myself. I can do this. I don't need God's power. I'm not going to God because that would show that I'm weak in my faith. And God has been saying, (laughs) it's partly why we go through storms, so that you'll talk to me. Uh, So I have learned this. My job is not to stoically withstand storm after storm. That's what Jesus does for us. It is not to heroically deal with every storm. We simply can't do that. And my job is not to doubt that Jesus is there, because Jesus is always there. So my job, I was was thinking about it, and it isn't a job, it's an incredible privilege, is to worship God. This morning I was uh, walking to, or driving here, I was watching people who, you know, they're using their Sunday not to come here, but to, I don't know, walk their dog, or uh, go shopping, or just be at the beach, and I was thinking, Lord, help them to have the opportunity to be able to worship you, to be able to have that privilege. Uh, And then we all know that this, Mother Teresa says that our job is not to be successful, it's to be faithful. Jesus is faithful, I desire to be faithful. To trust Jesus without the need to understand. Can you imagine a professor saying that? without the need to understand. That is both my calling and my challenge, and that is my ultimate surrender to Christ. Thank you.
Hey, church fam. Um, my name is Grace, and I've been coming out to this church for around four years now. Um, so I, want, I was asked to speak today, and I'm really thankful to be here. Um, so the challenges of last year and the years prior um, were echoes of what I've always struggled and wrestled with, namely abandonment and um, a very persistent orphan mentality. Um, so when I was a year old, my dad, he, a lot of my story is very much intertwined with my family history. And so when I was a year old, my dad um, walked out on our family when I, yeah, my mom, my sister, and I, and um, just vanished from our lives. Um, and up until a year ago, I always felt like my past narrative was my present reality and that I would never overcome the strongholds of abandonment and this deep sense that I was broken beyond repair. As a little kid and into my teenage years, I was keenly aware that the only haven from these overwhelming lies was the presence of God. Still for much of my life, most of my life, 20, more than 20 years, um, I continued to navigate life tugging and pulling at what was my lived out re dual reality. My mind and heart and spirit loved Jesus um, and followed Jesus, but my actions failed to reflect my complete and total trust in him. Indeed, as much as I longed and yearned for community, um, my gut reaction was to run away and isolate myself. So this was kind of like the season, I mean, this is what I kind of was immersed in um, even two years ago in 2019. And with our church, every year at the beginning of the year, we do a thing called Testimony Sunday, um, where people come up and share and just really kick off the year on such a, like, yeah, just like glorifying the Lord. And so I was asked to share, and afterwards, um, I was in the fellowship hall, and in that moment, Ruth Nakai, in the way that she does, um, came up to me and said, Grace, I feel like I have a word for, for you. I want to tell you that I see you, and like, you have leadership potential, and I think, like, I think I was stunned into silence because it was such a stark contrast from my perception of my reality. And, like, I yearned to serve and I yearned to, like, pour into others, but felt like I was constantly on a daily basis wrestling with myself and struggling with my past demons and just, like, I couldn't trust myself and I didn't know. I felt incapable. I felt like I was in a self-constructed cage um, but when she said those words over me, those were, those were life-giving words, and, I, and my heart grasped onto those words. And, you know, it's interesting because God's, yeah, God's timing is interesting because um, a few months later, our church went into like a revamping of the large group format. I was asked to serve um, as a large group leader, and I said yes, and it plunged me into community. Um, so it's been almost two years, more than two years, and for once in my life, I am in a season where I can confidently say that I no longer live in the past and, yeah, no longer live in the shadows of the past, but can live in the, fully in the present, immersed in the beautiful gift of Christ-bound community. All that to say, there are struggles, of course, and the temptation that I struggle with these days um, is that of distraction. Um, for instance, I love to spend time with the Lord in the morning and just sit in silence and solitude and just get in the Word. Um, but I've found myself in the past couple months um, checking my phone a lot, even during these moments of when I'm like in the Word. I look over at my phone and see like 20 messages um, from this group chat I'm in with Dan Jackson and Julian and Janet. And, you know, I'll get really excited because they're my friends and I love these friends and I love talking to them regardless of time of day. 
Um, but then in those moments, the Holy Spirit will prod my heart and be like, um, excuse me, Grace. And then I'll think to myself, oh my gosh, if I was on a date right now, this would be unacceptable. <laughs> and so, um, but you know, the Lord is really gentle and kind. And you know, obviously there's some tweaks I need to make, right? But at the end of the day, the distraction can look like a variety of different things. Um, the temptation is that I will choose to believe that these things are better than a moment with the Lord. Um, indeed, the temptation is that any one of these things, even community, will replace my relationship with the Lord as, as the top priority. Um, but yeah, I just desire to give him my best because, yeah, he is worthy. Um, in all of this, the Lord continues to meet me. And as, as much as I've had my own fair share of um, intimate encounters with the Lord, um, many of these moments have occurred in a communal context. I realize I don't have to run away from community and from entering into deep relationships with people. Indeed, he calls us into deep communion with him and with other followers who love him. And just as I know that the Lord sees the beautiful, the messy, the ugly in me, I can trust that others will see all of it and still love me deeply and not leave me or abandon me. All of these experiences have been teaching me that to follow Christ is to follow him alongside others. Just as Jesus called Simon and Andrew and the rest of the disciples, he calls not one, but all of us to follow him. I'm able to capture more glimpses of Christ in and through this community. Um, I can't help but think that the best is yet to come um, as we behold more of his glory in our collective pursuit of him. Thank you. Good morning, church family. It is really good to be here with you all. Uh, my name is James Ross. I've been going to this church since uh, 2008. And uh, this church means so much to me. I just, I just want to start by saying I love you guys so much. And it, I've been uh, in the building a lot this last year, like by myself. And... It's a beautiful room, but it's just kind of sad to have it empty. It just feels like a shell. And it's just really beautiful to see you all here. So um, I am a freelance musician, and that's uh, what I do. And that's usually how I, when people say, hey, what do you do? I say, I'm a freelance musician. And that's, uh, I think, kind of telling sometimes about, like, identity, right? Like, uh, what do you do? People are really, what, what you're really kind of saying is like who you are. So uh, in March of last year, when a full calendar year of contracts disappeared over one weekend, it was kind of like, ooh, who am I? <laughs> who am I going to be for this next year? Um, if we're talking about uh, trust and how Jesus is faithful to us, I can say uh, I, that was a really that was a really wild month because just like on multiple levels, there was like a virus that like I don't pretend to be a scientist ever, and like I don't like we just didn't know like I didn't know I didn't know what to trust or like what, you know I'm pretty skeptical of everything I hear on the news anyway so like 
you know, is my family going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? Like, are we all going to lose our jobs? Is my wife going to lose her job? Like, what are we going to do, you know? But uh, I'm happy to share my testimony with you guys today that uh, God is faithful. And that's been my testimony for this last year. God has been faithful to me and to my family to provide for us. Um, in ways that I didn't foresee at that time. Uh, yeah, so I, the temptation in those moments of like, you know, the, you're, you're reminded of something that's real all the time, which is we have no control over our circumstances. Our circumstances come and go like completely out of our control. I mean, like the harder we try to control our circumstances, that's what we, I mean, we all know. It's like that's when we lose control of our circumstances. But so nothing really changed. It's just a reminder, right? Like, and uh, I, in the, I, I, don't, I don't wake up in the morning like the Holy Spirit doesn't wake me up in the morning and with this voice of like, I will provide for you. Like, you can trust me to take care of all of your circumstances. But I can tell you how he does speak to me, and that's through you guys, through my church family. And uh, God has been very faithful in that way over this last year of uh, just the people in my life around me who would say, I've got you. Don't worry. You don't need to worry. And that's really true. And I'm really grateful to uh, the people in this church. Carlton, you've been a huge support for me this last year. Just all the staff, Ruth and Emily and everybody. Constance is not here, but, you know, just to be able to see your faces every once in a while. And we just remind each other. It's like things are going to be okay. We've got each other. You know, the, just the people on this worship team have always been like a family to me. That we could look at each other and say, we've got each other. Um, and I also, uh, geez, okay. <laughs> I also, uh, want to give a shout out to my, uh, to my life group, the artist life group, the best life group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I, have to, I just really want to implore everyone here who's not in a life group, like, you've got to be in a life group. Because, uh. There's only so much that can happen here on a Sunday morning. Like, I mean, good things happen here on a Sunday morning. I believe that. But, like, uh, you know, I, I believe this. That the Holy Spirit is, is, like, moving in powerful ways when we just, like, have an encouraging word for each other. Or just, like, you know, give you, give somebody, drop somebody a line and say, like, hey, I know you've been struggling. I've got you. You know? Or, like, tell me what you need. I can be there. I've got groceries. I've got money. What do you need? And, like, we, we make sure that we get each other. So... Artist Life Group, you guys have been awesome. I've been, like, really blessed to be a part of that. And through that group, that's also just a constant reminder of, like, like identity, like we were talking about. Like, you strip away everything that you do, and who are you? And I think God has been faithful to me in this last year of just reminding me that I said, strip away everything that you do. You're my child, and I love you. And that's, uh, yeah. That's all that you really need. And when things get back to normal and, you know, things have been getting back to normal, it's been cool. But uh, 
you know, don't lose that, you know. Take that with you. Like, you are my child. I love you. You're good. Um, now go out and do your stuff and don't forget that. <laughs> so, yeah. Just happy to be able to give my testimony for you guys for this last year. God is faithful in all circumstances. He doesn't, he doesn't promise that we're not going to go through hard things, but he does promise that we're not going to go through hard things alone. And I think that's really where we need to come together for each other. But I love you guys. Thank you. crying already because of James, not <clears throat> because of what I'm about to share, but um, good morning, everyone. My name is Sue Lee, and I've been part of the Newcom community for almost six years, and um, I was actually up here a couple of weeks ago asking for volunteers for the organization that I work with, Grip Outreach for Youth, and um, this morning, I wanted to share with you just some of the things that I've been walking through at work and how um, in this season, God has used those circumstances to really challenge me humble me, and uh, grow me. So um, earlier this year, our executive director of 17 years stepped down, and the board of directors asked me to step in as interim or acting executive director. And um, one thing that my family and close friends know about me is that I have an unhealthy amount of self-confidence. Um, Yes, you heard that right. I have an unhealthy, unhealthy amount of self-confidence. I always have. I don't know where it comes from, why, but I have always have. But I have enough self-realization to know one of the reasons why I do have such self-confidence is because I usually avoid things that I'm not good at. And I really try to fill my life with things that I'm really good at. So, so you know, that's been a pretty conscious thing for me. And so when they asked me to step into this role, you know, this role is complex. It has many different aspects of it. I knew that there were some things that I was confident in doing, but parts of it that either I didn't, hadn't ever done, wasn't really good at, or to be honest, some parts that really kind of frightened me um, about it. So um, I agreed to do it, um, but the last several months have been a time that has been really um, uncomfortable and, like I said, you know, things that I, that I typically ha uh, avoid. Um, so a lot of, you know, questions were, were going through my head. Lord, how am I going to do this? Am I going to be good at it? Am I going to jeopardize the organization? How long am I going to have to fill this role? So lots of questions um, going through my head. And when I'm typically in tough situations, I'm sure many of you can relate, I just roll up my sleeves and say, okay, we'll get it done. I can figure it out. We'll do it. And I found myself in the situation where some of the circumstances, some of the tasks that I was asked to do, I really didn't know um, how to do it. So it wasn't a matter of just like, you know, effort and, and um, trying. So I found myself really in a place where I had to trust God. And on a daily basis, I mean, literally waking up every morning and the first thought was get on your knees and pray because you can't do this with, you know, on your own. And so, again, typically when I go through kind of challenging times or times where I really have to trust the Lord, he reminds me of certain verses that he's encouraged me and, um, 
and gotten me through different times. So first verse I've ever memorized in my whole life, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So I held on to that. My life verse, Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through him who, who strengthens me. Right, and then John 3.30, he must increase, I must decrease. And this last verse, as I read it and as I meditated upon it, the Holy Spirit actually using this verse, he must increase, I must decrease, then kind of helped me to reflect on these other verses and, and much, uh, many others in scripture that even in the way that I was reading these verses and even in the way I was um, approaching these circumstances and then the season that I was in was really emphasizing like my part and and God's part was there but it was still like my part was the was was the main part right so so then I started looking at these verses with in a different in a different uh, way so um, so for instance Philippians uh, four thirteen. I used to read it this way. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. It was still me. And this kind of, you know, you hear like the Rocky music behind, like, I can do things through him who strengthens me. You know, dun da da dun da And it's like, yes, let's go. And then I started reading this. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I'm still blaming James for my tears right now. <laughs> um, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. For the Lord your God. I mean, the, the, the thought of my maker, creator, God of the universe is with me wherever I go. Right? Um... You know, I've been watching the Olympics. I don't know how many of you have over the last couple of weeks. Thank you, Carl. And there are times the announcers try their best, but sometimes they butcher up the names of athletes, right? They, they say it, they pronounce it incorrectly, or they put the accent on the wrong place, and then it changes their name. And I realize sometimes we put the wrong accent on these verses, and it changes it. So in the season, these familiar verses, God has really helped me not just to trust him, but the, the, I've been able to trust him because the accents have been on the right places. Sorry. And, you know, like I said, I, I've, I've lived a life really kind of depending on myself and very confident about the things that I can do. And I find myself, though, in a very strange place where, like I said, every day I'm waking up with the thought, I don't know if I can get through this day, God, without you. And it's, it's um, surprisingly a really comfortable place because I realize as a child of God, it, it doesn't feel good to wake up feeling like, I don't need you. I can, I can get through this. And now, <clears throat> it's not like I wake up with that thought, right? It's not like I wake up and say, hey, God, I don't need you. But I, I, I live that way, right? In the past several months, 
the reality that every morning, my husband can attest to this, every morning I say, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can get through that meeting. I don't know if I can get, you know, through that presentation. And I ask God, God, I can't do this without you. It's a really nice place to be. So I encourage you all, you know, as a church family, I mean, we share, we're sharing our testimonies, hopefully to bring some encouragement to you. I encourage you all, let's, let's live as a church who daily we wake up and we say, God, I can't do this without you. And if I am, something's wrong. Something needs to change where I need to wake up every day and say, without you, I can't get through, through this day. So I pray that we would be a church that trusts him, has faith in him, abides in him, and that through that we can do um, much for his glory and, uh, and for his honor. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Cece, you can come on up. I, I want to, um, I, I am really moved by all of the stories that our community has shared, right? And if you are newer to trusting Jesus, if this is newer for you, the question you might be having is, well, why should I trust Jesus? Like, what's trustworthy about this Jesus, about this God? When things continually are falling apart, how do I know I can trust them, trust them, right? And as people who follow Jesus, we look to the cross, to the death and resurrection of Jesus as the sign of ultimate trustworthiness, of ultimate faithfulness. Because when all seemed lost, when the Savior and the Messiah died on that cross, it seemed like all hope was lost and that Jesus was actually, and this God was actually not trustworthy right? But through his resurrection, by defeating death, by defeating all the evil that pervades us, that leads to COVID, that leads to the brokenness that we experience, it's through that resurrection where Jesus says, I finally will win and overcome these things. I am stronger than this. We see that we can trust this God, this God who ultimately will bring wholeness and redemption. And this is the God who holds everything in his hands, even though, even when we feel like everything's falling apart. And so we can rest secure in that God. And I appreciate the reminder that as we seek to surrender to Jesus, to surrender our sense of control and everything, we are not doing that alone. We can only really do that in the context of community. Sometimes we might feel like God's not trustworthy in our lives, but we can look to other people's lives, to other people's stories, and see how Jesus has shown up for them, and that gives us hope. That gives us the courage to continually surrender and lay ourselves down for Jesus, to be open to how God moves and works and transforms us. So I invite you, as we sing this next song, I invite you to take a moment, close your eyes, Sit, just kind of settle yourself before God and say, God, what, where do I need to trust you more? Where am I holding back? Where am I not, in what part of my life am I not willing to surrender to you? Am I afraid to trust you in? And God, allow me to open myself up a little bit more to you. So take just a moment or two to settle yourself into that. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would move in each of us today. Open us up. Give us 
the, give us the willingness to see your tender care and attention to us and ministry to us that we might surrender more to you and trust you in a deeper, more full way. In your holy name, amen.